0: This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Meyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Meyer. It's the rumbling sexual earthquake in our country, a moral and public health emergency that very few want to really talk about. Even Christians. It's often the buried root beneath the screaming demands of the LGBTQ rights group, unrestricted access to abortion, and the push to legalize prostitution. And we're talking about the pornification of America. We're talking about porn. And it's ruining our values, trapping the minds and hearts of the young, wrecking relationships, leaving America vulnerable, and destroying our Christian testimony. So, we better be honest. When our young men have little discipline and self-restraint over very personal appetites, they can't be counted on to be the heads of the households, leaders, and heroes that our nation needs going forward. They can't be trusted to become the spiritual leaders in our homes and even, even in our churches. So, when a state like Montana declared pornography a public health crisis a few years ago, their lawmakers, I guess, were acting pretty wisely. And 14 other states had done so as well. Yet, where is the hike and focus of the mainstream media? Well, you'll not find it. And there's a reason for that. Because it's accepted. It makes money like you wouldn't believe. And the ripples are threatening to become a tsunami everywhere. Porn-obsessed males, young and older, can become violent abusers of women and children. And they make lousy husbands and fathers. In fact, one young woman described her frustration with finding worthy young men to date. She's a Christian, so what's the problem? She says they're all into porn. Most teen males today have some or lots of exposure to easily acceptable triple-rated material, triple-X-rated material. So where does that leave their prospective brides? And if they're smart, young women are learning quickly that this is one of the first questions they have to ask. How sad. Now here are some things we need to find out about porn and I welcome you to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation is always with ever-increasing conviction. Talk that transforms. And I trust that today's conversation is going to do just that. Here's what the regular intentional viewing of porn will do to your mind, your heart, and your spirit. Porn changes the very brain structure and sexual response. Porn is actually unfaithfulness and voyeurism, In fact, it's adultery or fornication. Porn fuels the human rights abuse of sex trafficking, as well as the production of child porn. Porn leads to progressively deviant behavior. The sexual high, once achieved, wears off, and then what? Well, with newer and more shocking things are needed to obtain arousal. Porn sometimes leads to violence. And how can the guy who regularly views porn call himself a christian ah interesting question since 70 percent of professing christian men admit to being involved in porn as do 30 percent of their pastors and 34 percent of our christian women where does that leave us my friend you think we have something we need to talk about and maybe come clean about That's exactly what we're going to do here today on Viewpoint. And there's one man who's taking a great risk to be able to communicate about it because he was trapped in this very portification of America. And he's a lawyer. Not only is he a lawyer, but he's a judge. So in the words of the 1970s, here come the judge. Judge W. Kent Levis, who likes to be called Buck. It's great to have you on the program, Buck.
1: Thank you, Chuck. I appreciate being here.
0: Well, we're we're talking about something here that is so pervasive now. Uh, It's not new, but because of technology, because of the pervasiveness of uh, technology and how it allows us to engage in pornography, it has become... Virtually a plague, not only in our country, but all over the world, hasn't it?
1: Yeah, it's become very easy to access porn.
0: Now, you've been a judge for how long?
1: Well, I'm retired, actually. I retired in 2008, uh, but I took the bench as a, started out as a traffic referee, then became a commissioner, uh, and then a judge. Uh, total time on the bench was uh, 31 years.
0: Wow. So you have some experience, and uh, being a former trial lawyer myself, uh, I would certainly want to qualify you as an expert witness. So you have just qualified yourself, <clears throat> 31 years on the bench. But uh, in order to fully qualify you, you also got trapped in the pornification of America, didn't you? I sure did. And that's why you've wrote a book, written a book called Coming Clean. It's tough to come clean on a subject like this. Uh, I have encountered a number of uh, Christian men who have been involved in pornography. One, just a few years ago, was so disturbed about his inability to come to grips with it that he gave me his laptop computer. He says, I cannot have this in my possession anymore. Will you please hold it for me because I just can't come clean on this issue is it that bad is it that serious is the grip that total
1: oh yes Uh, absolutely um i don't think there's any question about that at least there wasn't in my experience uh until uh you make a just a firm decision like this gentleman did it gave you his computer that's a good first step but it takes time it takes Honesty. It takes being open, and it takes sitting down with brothers uh, in the faith and um, talking about this.
0: Well, and, that's pretty tough for a guy who's a judge who's supposed to be uh, uh, bringing judgment on and and declaring judgment on others uh, to allow himself to be judged.
1: Well, that's true. Except, you know, as a judge, you don't judge. The individual you judge what they have done, and that's the, there's a difference there.
0: Yes, so you're not. And
1: I allowed people to judge what I have done. I know who I am because I'm, I'm a child of God. Mm-hmm. That's who I am. As, what I have done now is totally different. And as long as I you, you keep that secret, boy, it, it's really tough to. Uh, to fight it because nobody is able to call you on it
0: yeah and so it's it's done in the darkness and uh, as pornography has increased through uh, various forms of technology it becomes darker and darker and darker because you're able to hide more and more we'll talk more about that when we get back friends we're talking with Judge W. Kent Levis, he's not a judge, and well, he's not practicing as a judge anymore, but he is a judge. And we have another judge that's looking over our lives. Jesus Christ is going to judge the quick and the dead, and his judgment will be true. And he's coming back soon. Are we ready for that? We'll be right back. Here are some of the opening words in our special guest's book here today called Coming Clean. He said, I had been going to church and studying God's word for 30 years. I was in the midst of the congregation, and sexual sin had me a breath away from total ruin, and I knew it. Some sit in the assembly and worship God with their lips, their tithes, and their service, but their eyes become distracted by the flesh, and their minds fill with perversion. That was I. Friends asked how I was, and I smiled, and just said, fine, when in reality the fires of lust had consumed my soul. And because sexual sin is so shameful in our society, I learned at a very early age to cover it over, to never admit this sin to any way, to lies, lie easily, and to lie Well. What opening words here in this uh, very helpful and encouraging book called Coming Clean. Now, if you, my friend, or anyone in your family or in your sphere of influence, whether you be a parent, a grandparent, a pastor, a parachurch leader, a youth pastor, anyone with any contact with someone who has been struggling with pornography, including yourself, you need this book. You need this book because it is the voice of the Lord to you. The voice of the Lord to you as we continue on in this deep probing into the world of pornography. And so I want to make the book available to you. It is a $19 book, yours, for $18 on our website, saveus.org. $18, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, PO Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. If you're writing a check, add $5 for postage and handling, and uh, we'll get the book in your hands. This is very important, friends. Let me tell you one reason why this is very important. Because pornography is a voyeuristic activity that actually is the practice of fornication or adultery. Here's what the the Apostle Paul says about fornication and adultery. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, he says, be not deceived, neither fornicators nor adulterers nor practicing homosexuals and so on are going to inherit the kingdom of God. How long can you continue to practice that which is actually fornication and adultery without incurring the ultimate judgment of God? Yes, God is merciful. Aren't you glad? Because we've all sinned to come short of the glory of God. But this is not a game to be played. This is something to be dealt with on a most serious scale. And it's time that we do that. It's time that we talk openly about that. And that's why our guest, Buck, W. Kent Levis, has come to us with his book, Coming Clean. And again, I want to make it available to you. It's on our website, saveus.org. $18, we'll put it in your hands. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. If you're writing a check, at $5 for postage and handling. Now, for some reason, our friends at Verizon have seen fit to cut off our line unbeholden to us so that uh, we have been disconnected from our special guest and hopefully he will be able to reconnect with us. But until he does, yours truly is going to continue with this subject. And I think perhaps one of the things that we really ought to deal with is how this comes about. Our guest today... Found himself increasingly trapped in the matter of pornography early on in his life. Interestingly, the average age of first porn viewing among boys is 11 to 13. Actually, it's becoming younger and younger now. But in 2016, the average age was 11 to 13. Here are some other facts. In 2016, 46% of men and 16% of women ages 18 to 39 intentionally viewed porn in any given week. In other words, it was a regular practice. In 2016, just six years ago, 12 million hours a day were spent viewing porn globally on the adult video site called Pornhub. I've never encountered that. I don't want to encounter it. But that's the fact. 12 million hours a day. In 2016, 20% of men and 35% of women believe that pornography should be illegal for everyone. Why? Because, friends, pornography is one of the most insidious developments to corrupt every aspect of our lives. Our marriages, our relationship with Christ, our relationship with our children, our relationship in our businesses, and yes, our testimony of Christ in the world, and our ability to properly lead God's people with any measure of authority. Porn. It has a grip. It's the pornification of America. That, my friends, is a desperate problem. Fortunately, uh, our guest uh, Judge Buck is back with us uh, Judge, I must confess to you that Verizon is not very trustworthy these days and has seen fit to allow us to be cut off, and here we are restored. Thank you.
1: Well, I'm glad, back, glad to be back.
0: All right. If this should happen again, make sure you give it another shot, okay? But Don't worry. I will. All right. We filled in the gap. A good trial lawyer has to roll with the punches, right? Well, absolutely. Well, that's exactly what we did here. And uh, you came to grips or actually came into encounter with porn at an early age, didn't you?
1: Yes, I did, actually. Um, kind of grew up with it.
0: Really? Uh, How did that happen?
1: And... Well, I think I started, you know, when I was just looking at magazines and underwear ads, uh, which is, uh, you know, and then when I was in high school, um, Playboy magazine and all those kinds of things. And uh, it was all, I think, what a lot of kids did at that time. Not that it was good, but a lot of kids did it. Um, But you had to go out of your way to find porn. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: And what happened to me was that when I got my first computer and I discovered porn sites on that computer, It was like a kid who's been smoking dope, and all of a sudden he gets his first shot of uh, heroin.
3: Mm, mm, mm. I was
1: hooked. And it was so easy. You didn't have to go look for it. It was Mm -hmm. right there. It was free, and nobody had to know.
0: You know, I had – there's there's more in common between us than you might know. And for our listeners' sake, I want to be careful in saying – it's not that I had the same experiences that you have had, but you were a judge in Fresno, California. I came into age at the age of 12 and 13 in Fresno, California, at a place called Wawona Junior High School. It was the first year that it opened. And I will never forget, in the shop class, where a group of boys gathered together surreptitiously around a little comic book. What was the comic book about? Early porn. That's what it was. Also in Fresno, California, we lived on a street with four leaders in the Southern Baptist Convention. It was a one-block street, and we had four leaders of the Southern Baptist Convention right there, On our street. My father also was a pastor. And we started a home mission church. On that street. Across the street. Was a large, large open field. And across the field. Was a little store. A little like a country store type thing. And so one day. I was riding my bike across that field. To the little store. And I saw all these magazine pages. Spread all over the ground. So. Curiosity killed the cat, and it almost killed me. So I got off my bicycle and checked out what these magazine pages were about, and guess what it was? Mm. Pure porn. That was my first exposure to porn. Once you have an exposure like that, which I did not persist in, but once you have an exposure like that, you can never totally shake it out of your mind, can you?
1: No, uh, well, I say no. What you can do is what I have been able to do is if you give it to God and you you really pray hard uh, and diligently and you ask God to take it from your mind. Mm-hmm. God can do that and will do that. In if you don't
0: continue to expose yourself to it.
1: No, 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 no. As long as long as you are continuing engage in looking at uh, and engaging in porn, uh, it's going to stay with you.
0: You, So you can't be delivered from heroin or cocaine uh, uh, addiction by continuing to practice it, can you?
1: No, if if you're still hanging out with the same people that you hung out with before, and if you're still doing the same things that you were doing before, you're still going to be addicted.
0: So when the Bible says flee temptation, it means that, doesn't it? Exactly. So how did you flee? You, you were trapped by this. You were a professing Christian. You found yourself. Here you were a professional, a leader in the city, and people were brought before you to judge them in their behavior, and yet you were guilty as sin yourself.
1: Yeah, I, I will give it a disclaimer that I did not ever knowingly break the law, but I certainly did break God's moral law. There
0: moral you go. Control. Okay.
1: Uh, I had to throw that disclaimer in. I mean, after all, Chuck, I am an attorney, but...
0: Uh, well, but we, you know, we attorneys, we happened, always, always have to get our disclaimers and our caveats in there, don't we? Of course. <laughs>
1: happened was that basically i got found out and uh all of a sudden i had to talk to my wife about it and um so it was at that point that i really decided that i i couldn't keep it secret any longer
0: Mm. Uh,
1: i wasn't going to go out and advertise it
0: you mean your wife didn't have a clue that you were addicted to pornography before you confessed it
1: I think that she knew that I used pornography. I don't think she knew I was addicted.
0: Ah well, if you're using it, you're addicted.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> that's, that's the truth of the matter, isn't it?
1: That's the truth of the matter. I mean, you know, I mean, if you have looked at porn once as you did and turned away from it, you're not addicted. Right. But I was. And so what I did, Chuck, was that I uh went to counseling Uh, Twice a week for a year, and once a week for another year. Joined a uh, men's group at our church Mm -hmm. uh, that dealt specifically with pornography, and we were in an accountability group for several years. I'm still, I have an accountability partner. Mm -hmm. I will for the rest of my life. Good. Uh, But... It takes time, and it takes a lot of work. I read a lot of books. I went through a lot of programs, mm-hmm. uh, and I uh, commiserated with a lot of other people that were in kind of the same position I was.
0: Yeah. But the uh, interesting thing is, once you have that level of uh, commitment or addiction to something, whether it be pornography, whether it be drugs, whether it be alcohol, whether it be nicotine, whatever it happens to be, it could be a lot of different things. Once you have that, as the Alcohol Anonymous people say, "I'm an alcoholic." In other words, I have to deal with this. I can't, I can't expose myself to this and think that I can get off scot-free. I can't. I have to flee from the temptation. Right? That's right. All right. We're going to pick up after that. Again, our special guest today, uh, W. Kent Levis, known as Buck, with his book, Coming Clean. We're going to find out what that really—that book really is about. $18 on our website, saveus.org.
2: There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind.
0: Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Myers, the pornification of America. Porn. It's a gripping temptation. Now, here, think about temptation this way. You can't stop yourself from being tempted. You can't stop a bird from flying over your head, right? But you can stop him from making a nest in your hair and you can stop yourself from going into a, shall we say, a cave that's infested with bats. You can't keep an individual bat from flying over your head, but you can stop yourself from going into a cave that's infested with bats. You get the point. So this matter of pornography is so vast, so pervasive, and you can't totally avoid exposure to it, Because it's everywhere. It's just unbelievable. It is everywhere. For instance, our guest writes, It is not as if I had never seen the light. In turning to temptation, I deliberately turned away from the light and walked into the darkness until I could see the light no more. In other words, he's saying, I walked right into the bat cave. Intentionally. I didn't try to avoid it i walked into the bat cave intentionally my gaze was fixed upon the temptations alone in my darkness with no strength to stand surrounded by the evil of my sin i called to god and he found me i must never turn away from the light again you know what that is that is a simple statement for one day's reading in Buck's book, Coming Clean. It's a very unusual book for someone who has been trapped in pornography. It helps the person every day of the week to deal in a significant way with the issue probing into our minds and our hearts. It's a message of life. And it's a message of deliverance. It's a message of coming clean before God and others. And I really want to encourage you, if you have been trapped in pornography or you have a friend, a relative, someone who has been trapped in pornography, maybe a child, maybe a teenager, maybe a a college student, maybe a pastor, pastor's what a benefit, what a blessing this would give coming from a judge. Yeah. Can you imagine the humility for a judge to write such a book and to come clean before us as a Christian? It takes tremendous uh, humility to be able to do this. And I'm so thankful for what Buck has done here. And I want to make the book available to you again for your gift of $18 or more to Save America Ministries. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. You can give us a call at 1-800-SAVE-USA, 1-800-SAVE-USA, or you can write to us at Save America Ministries, PO Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Again, writing a check at $5 for postage and uh, handling. This is, uh, we're, it's, we're living in a digital age. We know we're living in a digital age, and that is what has increased the porn phenomenon. Not only is it a digital age, but there's a moral ambiguity toward porn, particularly among younger Americans. In fact, one of the most sobering findings for the study is that the reality of how accepted viewing porn has become in our culture today, particularly among teens and young adults, around half of adults, 25 and older, say viewing porn is wrong. And among teens and young adults, only a third say viewing porn is wrong. In other words, we have so distorted and perverted our moral compass in this country and even in the church that porn just seems to be okay. As one song coming out of the 70s from a Christian singer once said, how can it be wrong when it feels so right? Buck, as men, we are heavily guided by our eye gate, aren't we? I guess so. (laughs) I mean, that's what uh, got you in connection with your wife, isn't it?
1: That's absolutely right.
0: Yeah, and God uses that; He ordained that for us, didn't He? Um,
1: yes, of course.
0: So the problem isn't that we that God gave us this this drive for our eye gate. The problem is when we allow that to have dominion over us.
1: Yeah, you know, and the Bible teaches very clearly that uh, it's the enemy's job to take what God has created that is good and use it for something that is not good, for something that is evil. And Mm -hmm. and that's what he does with our sexual drives, our uh, desires. God has created those for a very good purpose. Um, And then the enemy comes in with porn and perverts
0: them. Yeah. Now, you finally came out and owned up to this with your wife. How long had you been married at that time?
1: Well, let me see. We had—I was—we were married in uh, nineteen sixty-seven.
0: Wait a minute. You were married one year after I was. Okay. There's more about your our lives in parallel than we might think. Okay. Go <laughs> ahead.
1: <laughs> married in nineteen sixty-seven, and uh, this all came out at, in nineteen. 19- I want to say it was in.
0: Uh, well, you're not on the stand right now, Judge. So yeah, I'm trying
1: to remember. This. <laughs> Generally, we probably would have been married uh, for at least twenty years, twenty-five mm-hmm. years.
0: And what was your wife's reaction?
1: You know, and psychologists and psychiatrists would tell you, perhaps from their standpoint, that it was not a very good reaction. I think it was a marvelous reaction. I think it was just exactly what was right for me.
0: And Uh, so what was that reaction?
1: She said to me, she said, look, she says, I will help you through this in any way that I can. I will stand beside you, uh, but I want you to know this is your problem, Mm. and you're going to fix this. So whatever Mm. you have to do, you go do it, and I'll back you. But you deal with the problem.
0: Did she get angry?
1: You know, she did not.
0: Did she act uh, like she had been betrayed, that you betrayed her?
1: I could sense that. Mm-hmm. But she never uh, overtly came out and, you know, cried and yelled and screamed and jumped up and down.
0: Well, you were fortunate.
1: I, well, I was married to a, the most wonderful lady in the world. <laughs>
0: she must she have been.
1: way uh, about a little over five years ago.
0: Mm. Now, before you came clean with your wife about it, something else triggered all of this coming about. And that was not that was uh, very confrontive, wasn't it? What happened?
1: Well, as it turned out, what I had been doing is that on my noon breaks and uh, after hours uh, on my computer at work
0: as a judge in the court Mm -hmm.
1: in my chambers. I had been using porn, and they were looking for something completely different and inadvertently stumbled on the fact that that had happened. And of course, the presiding judge called me in,
3: mm-hmm. and
1: uh, they had to report it to judicial counsel.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And judicial counsel got involved, and what I, uh, what the result was, is that uh, many months later, uh, they issued a private reproval. Mm-hmm. which means that it was not public, it was private. Mm-hmm. But they required that I address the problem.
0: Mm-hmm. You were and fortunate.
1: I was very fortunate. And I took I took it very seriously. Had I not taken it very seriously, the um, re, the, re, the response by uh, judicial counsel would have been much different.
0: Mm-hmm. You were very for, very fortunate, God must have been smiling upon you, but as the scripture says, be sure your sins will find you out. And that's exactly Absolutely. what happened, isn't it?
1: That's exactly
0: what happened. Tell us how you felt when that happened.
1: Ah, uh, I felt like I just, in a way I felt like, okay, I deserved this for a long time, and mm-hmm. it's finally come. And in another sense, I felt totally and completely devastated. Yeah. Um, I'm sure. But, I, but you know, I could not deny that I knew this was coming, mm-hmm. because the Bible does say your sins will find you out. And, and I kind of lived in constant fear of that. In a way, it was almost good that I'd been found out, because now uh, it was game on.
0: Yeah. So you were at the moment of truth in the valley of decision. The truth slapped you in the face relatively graciously given what could have happened. And now you had to do something about it. You couldn't just play games with it. You couldn't kick the can down the road. What did you do?
1: Well, um, I went to, uh, that's when I got into counseling um, with a, an organization in Fresno that uh, specifically deals with that, Mm -hmm. uh, with pornography. Actually, they deal with sexual uh, sin and addiction Mm -hmm. of many kinds. Right. Um, And I went to counseling um, for twice a week for a year, uh, once a week for the next year.
0: How did that Uh, feel uh, as a judge uh, being exposed now among uh, the rank and file of men.
1: Well, I can tell you that the first day that I drove up <laughs> to the place where I'm getting going to be getting the counseling, it was um, very humbling. I'm sure. But the people that I met with, the people that I became involved with, were all very very gracious mm. they uh, it was a Christian organization and they really did exhibit uh, God's mercy and grace
0: now if two-thirds of pastors and youth leaders have struggled and are struggling with pornography by their own admission this is a vast problem we're going to talk more about it with the uh, buck when we get back stay tuned friends this is viewpoint and our viewpoint on this is determining destiny
2: Incredible, but the same can be found right now. Go to save us.org and click sell church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's save us.org. Click sell church.
0: Today we're talking about the fortification of America. And we're going to the very heart of the matter. Joining us today on Viewpoint Live is uh, W. Kent Levis, known as Buck. And uh, he personally encountered pornography back in the area around junior high school, which is the most common time when young men are entering puberty. And uh, all of a sudden, these kinds of things uh, catch their attention. And the enemy of our souls uses it to catch our attention, not for godliness, but for perversion. And so he has joined us here today on Viewpoint to share his soul, as you will find, by the way, when you uh, read his book, Coming Clean. Now, Judge, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, uh, I, I've uh, qualified you as an expert witness here uh, both as a judge and then also by your experience. But have you noticed that I didn't ask you to raise your hand and take the oath? That's correct. You know why I didn't? Mm-hmm. Because I could tell anyone who wrote a book like this was already telling the truth.
1: Well, thank you, Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> and it, that is true.
0: Yeah, that is true. And uh, so I appreciated that. And uh, your your book is very unusual. Uh, tell us how you put this book together uh, because I've never encountered a book dealing with pornography like this.
1: Well, I think that um, the preface to that is that I've talked about counseling and that kind of thing, but mm-hmm. I recognized that this was a spiritual battle. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was going to be a long term
0: answer... life battle, wasn't it?
1: It was, and the only way that I was going to be, I could not fight the battle on my own. hmm I had to give it to God. And so what happened was that during my recovery period, I would get on my face in the morning, every morning, and ask God to show me something in His Word that day that would help me get mm-hmm. through that day uh, without going to pornography. Mm-hmm. And he would give me, I would do my Bible reading and just one verse, mm-hmm. one phrase, something would pop out at me. I would then write and journal on what that verse said to me about what I was going through on that particular day. And I did that seven days a week uh, for about four years. Wow. And uh, That was
0: an act of God diligence. Gave me
1: one page in my journal mm-hmm. every day for four years.
0: So this book then represents the aggregate of one page a day, or one scripture and its application, as the Lord spoke to you every day for a year.
1: Yeah, of course, it's only uh, I've t- taken four years and condensed it into or taken those things that i 365 passages mm-hmm. and put them into a daily devotional right and then i've also included based on uh, the passage what god had showed me in the passage and then i include a question uh and four bible references that speak to the question that came out of the passage
0: mm-hmm.
1: and what god had shown me in the passage
0: Well, here's one interesting one for January 10th. If I practice something abominable and yet convince myself it is okay, the world will agree with me. Pornography abounds. It's found on every street corner, television set, theater, computer. The world says it's legal. Would I forward that image that I downloaded from the Internet to God? Would I share a pornographic magazine or book with Jesus? Would I invite the Holy Spirit to accompany me to an X-rated movie? You don't even have to have an answer. Those are rhetorical questions that have a given answer. No, I would not do that, right? Correct. Yeah. So this kind of thing actually preaches to me, preaches to you, preaches to anyone who looks at this and says, wow, yeah, that really helps me to put this to frame this in a proper perspective. That's what your book does, doesn't it?
1: That's what I I believe that it does and hope that it does for others as it did for me.
0: I believe it will. And that's why uh, I told you I don't want you to promote your book because, as Abraham Lincoln said, he who represents himself as a fool for a client. And we lawyers know all about that. So I said, I'm going to promote your book for you. You say, for January 18th. Most of my sin, sexual sin, is hidden sin. Somehow part of the addiction is getting away with it. Doing things in the darkness that no one knows about somehow adds to the pleasure. Almost as if I were playing a game and won. Now, that is probing honesty of the mind and heart. And I think this is what makes this book so helpful Because pornography has such a grip on any masculine mind and heart, starting with the eye gate, that unless we get totally honest, there's no way to be delivered.
1: That's absolutely correct.
0: So when the scripture says, confess your sin one to another, and pray for one another that you may be healed, does that also include pornography?
1: I think it especially includes pornography.
0: In other words, you got to get it out of the hidden realm and into the light.
1: You not only need to get it out of the hidden realm and into the light, you need to confess, if you will, or share, if you will,
3: mm-hmm.
1: with others, with brothers, with people who um, love you uh, what's going on on a daily basis because if you don't uh, you go back into the hiding Mm -hmm. and you can't hide anymore
0: right you can run but you can't hide
1: somebody every day you're not going to be able to hide
0: now speaking of that then as we're approaching the end of the program here today you and i could talk for a long time about this so many implications and applications. But if there is no way to uh, totally avoid exposure to things that are of a pornographic nature. I use my computer every day to prepare for this program. And there are sidebars and all kinds of ads and things, little pictures that come up every single day. And they're designed to lure the masculine mind to respond with curiosity well what's the harm just clicking on that well what's the harm, or getting your eye to divert over to that and take a look at it and the moment you do that you're trapped I i don't know about you but i can't afford and i i've never been what you would say trapped by pornography never but i know it's power because i'm a man it's power is immense and I cannot afford even one casual look because it's so addictive.
1: I think that's right, and I think it's once you take that first look, it may be relatively innocent. And we do live in an age of relativism. <laughs> but uh, once you take that first lip look, it's like the hook in a fish's mouth.
0: Absolutely. Except you're caught you're caught you're trapped yep what do you say and, and it's not just young people that are trapped in this it's older people it's 60 right. and 70 year old men it's pastors correct. what do you say to us what do you say to parents because it's so easy for young people they have their computers they have their cell phones now they can look in the dark. They can look. It's available almost everywhere. What do you say to help prevent this problem?
1: I think that the answer is is that you take it out of the closet. You talk about it. You have a, a child that's going through puberty. You have a young man that is obviously in that age range no. uh, that is going to be tempted. You talk about it. You don't hide it. Mm -hmm. you don't you're not so embarrassed about it that you don't want to talk to your child about it or if you're 70 years old you're not so embarrassed that you don't want to talk to your best friend about it Mm. your pastor about it
3: Mm -hmm.
1: get it out of the closet bring it into the light Uh, light light will kill the addiction that the enemy brings.
0: light always dispels darkness doesn't it That's correct. And the more light you bring in, the brighter the light, the clearer the image and the picture as to how horrendous what you're doing is. That's exactly right. All right. Two people that come to my mind as I think about this, Buck. One is the first king of Israel, Saul. The other is the second king of Israel, David. Correct. When Saul decided to play games with what God had said, And he got caught by the prophet Samuel. He made excuses. He tried to blame it on others. And because of that, God took his Holy Spirit from Saul. But when David got caught in equally egregious sin, even sexual sin, when the prophet Nathan came to him, David said, I have sinned. And that made all the difference. I have sinned. And friends, if you're caught in pornography and you feel like there's no way out, or on the other hand, you're playing footsie with it, you got to come clean. The first way to shed the light into the darkness is is to say, I have sinned. And then begin to take the steps necessary to walk away from it. That's called repentance. Because if we proceed, proceed into the darkness, there comes a place in time where we risk God's wrath. And the wrath of God is poured out on the children of disobedience. Now, we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. So it's wonderful that his grace is sufficient for us, his mercy extended to those who obey him and those who fear him. But how can you say you fear God when you continue to persist in a practice that you know is totally antithetical to his will? And there's the problem. So today, it's not condemnation that we're dealing with. You may experience conviction. That's not condemnation. There is no one here, either I or Buck, who is condemning you today. Satan might condemn you, say, who do you think you are calling yourself a Christian? Well, if you don't confess and you don't repent and you don't turn from it, he's got you. But if you confess your sin and turn from it, And just as Buck has suggested over and over again, you bring the light to bear and you come clean. That's what his book is called, Coming Clean. Then, he's faithful and just to forgive your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness, and you proceed on. And you can gain victory. That's the whole purpose of our program here today. We're confronting one of the deepest issues of America's heart and home right here on Viewpoint Today. Get a copy of this wonderful book, Coming Clean. $18. dollars will put it in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org. Somebody's going to be delivered as a result of allowing themselves to be exposed to this book. It may be one of the greatest tools that you'll ever find to help a friend, a brother, a husband, maybe even a wife. Because, C.C., 34% of Christian women admit to pursuing some form of pornography, including certain kinds of romance novels. Mm-hmm. It's on our website, saveus.org. Call us 1-800-SAVE-USA. Become a partner, friends. Help us to get the message out to prepare the way of the lord for history's final hour because jesus is coming soon he's not coming back for a bride with spot wrinkle or any such thing you agree god bless be a blessing
2: you've been listening to viewpoint with chuck chrismeyer viewpoint is supported by the faithful gifts of our
0: listeners let me urge you to become a partner with chuck as a voice to the church declaring vision for the nation Join us again next time on Viewpoint as we confront the issues of America's heart and home.